0: Welcome to the Elaborate Topics podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome to another episode of Elaborate Topics podcast. I'm your host, Lola Small. And Elaborate Topic is a weekly podcast where myself and my co-host, Taiwana Wilson and Stephanie Whitehead, come to you to bring you topics and tools to help you to excel both inside and outside the lab. And a little bit about me. I am a quality and process improvement specialist. I am a trainer and coach at Lab Operational Excellence Training and Coaching, where I coach medical lab professionals who are looking for their next level in their career path to actually identify their unique competence and excel in their careers and in healthcare. And today I have a very important topic, especially for lab leaders. And I always say lab leaders are not necessarily the role-based leaders. But in this episode, I'm speaking mainly to role-based leaders. And other medical professionals can use this tool that I'm going to give not only inside the lab, but outside the lab. So if you're not a leader in the lab, you can use it outside the lab in other areas of your life. So I just have a question for you. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in the lab, especially during this time where there's a lot of things going on, there's always, like, new projects and new initiative, but less people to handle it. Uh, I experienced this, and I I talked to a lot of lab leaders, and people feel so bombarded with just new and sometimes unexpected, many times unexpected projects. So every time it seemed like there's this new priority, you know, sometimes it's a new LIS that we have to be dealing with, new automation, different focus on maybe inspection this time. Next time we have to be addressing the staffing issue. Another time there's this priority on maybe attendance issue. And it seems as if every week or every month there are different priorities, But there's a lot of overlap, and many times it's almost like we're spinning our heads and there's just so much overwhelm that sometimes we feel so ineffective in our jobs. And it really reminds me, especially an incident that I had when I just started as a new supervisor and there was a lot of issues with staffing. And I remember in my, I think my second or third week, you know, I realized that it was so challenging, and I said, let me sit down with my manager to see if she could help me with some tools or maybe some tactics to address some of the staffing issues that I was having. And I remember sitting in her office, and when I brought this up to her, she looked at me and she said, I had to learn this by the seat of my pants so you better figure it out and of course for me that was very disappointing and I felt so unsupported I walked out of her office feeling so unsupported and I started thinking I had to figure out a way and I realized then that it wasn't just me who didn't know what to do, but my manager didn't know what to do. And so I decided I just need to come up with some strategy to avoid a lot of these similar situations. And with time of me just like seeking answers, answers I've been through so many training and Just putting together a lot of the training that I've done in project management and quality management and process improvement and business process management, I realized one very important factor, and that is setting a clear vision. It's so much important to plan ahead to see ahead before we're in the situation and we're trying to work our way out of it. It is so difficult when you're just like stuck in the weeds. It's very difficult to see clearly. So over time, I realized the importance of setting a clear vision. And I had developed, you know, different strategies on setting this vision, And I created training programs, and I know the last few podcasts, the last podcast that I did, there was a training on from technical expert to an impactful leader. And there's an aspect of it that has to do with setting a vision. But just today I wanted to really drill down on a more tactical way of setting a clear vision. So you can um, go back to that podcast, and there's also a free training that I offer that you could sign up for. And so today I'm going to go into this whole idea of setting a clear vision. And I know... A lot of leaders may say things like, you know, it's not my responsibility to set a vision because it's really the administration or the hospital, if you're part of a hospital, or the C-suite that's responsible to set that vision. And I totally agree with that, that if you're in an organization, a vision should be set by your c level um roles, however, for each department should be setting some specific vision for yourself and ensuring that's aligned with that bigger vision. So the hospital will set a big vision if you're in a hospital, but you need as a leader to set a vision that's aligned with the hospital vision so they make, they call it like the business, um, those business entities or business um, areas would say the lab can set their own vision. And, you know, some people may say, well, I don't need to look ahead and plan because if I'm a good leader, I should be able to juggle things and move things around and reprioritize things. And I know some leaders can do that maybe on paper, but when you think about the effect that it has on the team, the effects that it has on the people who are actually doing the work, it's really stressful. And I've seen where supervisors feel so overwhelmed when there's just so many different priorities overlapping or they're unexpected, and supervisors get burnout, and I've seen where supervisors decide to leave. And uh, some people leave, some people step down. I in mean, um, on Facebook group with leaders who say, you know, I really wanted this position, it was a dream job, but my health is more important, or my mindset is more important, and they'll step down from that dream job. And a lot of times, people are not even willing, even though they are probably equipped. They're not willing to take these roles, so we're left in a challenging situation. So, you know, there are all these many challenges. That with using this these um, strategies, it actually resolves a lot of these challenges that we are seeing. When you actually Set that clear vision for your area. So having a clear vision helps with so many things. Um, For one, when you know what to expect, when you have a blueprint and you know what to expect, you can actually set up different tasks that align with that blueprint so you can actually set goals. To fit with that vision, you also can. Um, it, it's imp- you can actually al- align different initiatives that you have with the bigger vision. Like we talk about, so now you're not conflicting. Whatever you're planning in your area is not conflicting with something that may come down from the top and say this is urgent and we need to do it because we weren't paying attention to the things that are really aligned with the um, hospital um, goals and vision. So and that's another positive is that you can set your vision to align with the vision of the um, administration. Another great thing is that you can allot the right amount of time needed for a project because when you set a vision – then we're we going to talk a little bit about you set goals for those vision. And then when you set those goals, you can actually allot the right amount of time that's needed for each project. And not only you can allot the right amount of time that, that's needed, but you can also have assignments. So you are having the right type and the right number of people for the job. So you can plan those also when you have those longer-term vision. You can set long-term goals, and then you can plan better with the right type of people and the right number of people. Another benefit is that the team tend to be more on board with what's going on because with a vision, and I'll talk to you a little bit later about how do you actually set that vision, but there are certain steps in setting a vision where the team comes in later, in, later down the pipe. So the team is aware of what's going on. So they you tend to have a team that's on board and a team that know what to expect, so You know, you have a better kind of environment, a better um, team culture, and you have a better morale in your team. You also, like I talk about, the team is on board, so that's creating that type of environment that you want to work in. With a vision, you actually can have a vision for the environment that you want to work in and then set goals and set tasks for that. And you're also creating that environment that you want to work in. Another thing is that when you are setting a vision, and especially a vision that's aligned with the administration, you can be recognized by your administration, by your hospital, if you're in a hospital. You're recognized for fulfilling some of these visions and then goals of your administration. So it is just so beneficial to be able to look ahead and plan ahead instead of being reactive. And, you know, we talk about all the disadvantage of being reactive with not having enough staffing, staffing being um, demoralized, staffing being overwhelmed, you know, people quitting. So um, just, all these benefits is, like, really good. So let's talk a little bit about how do you set your vision. And as I said in my five-day challenge that I did um, from technical expert to impactful leader, I went that last piece is actually setting a vision. However, it was – Interesting and there's a reason why I decided to make this podcast because I was working on a mini course, like a six day course, and it was called Vivid Vision and by Cameron Herald. And he has a book out there. And when I went through it I was like that the tactic is so similar to the one that I had, the one that I had created and I had in my court. And I thought, wow. But one thing that I saw that he did that was more expansive than what I did, I decided I wanted to share this. And so it's very similar. Almost all the steps are the same. And, you know, I'm going to go let you know the piece that I found very important that I did not have in my training. So if you're going to set a vision for your team, the most important thing to do is to be away from that work environment. If you're going to be able to come up with a vision, you need to be in an environment that's so different. So you need to find a place where it's relaxing, a place where it's not stressful, some place where you're not thinking about work, there's no anxiety, there's no distraction. So you could probably be somewhere in nature, maybe near to the water, you know, maybe on your porch if it's cool, very comfortable, maybe on a hammock but you should be in a place where you're having very positive, a positive mind frame. And, you know, if you read a lot on um, visualization, you realize that a lot of times it's hard to have, um, create great vision if you're in a negative state. So you have to put yourself in a positive space, almost like a meditative space, but you're not really med- meditating. You should be in a place of gratitude. And that's the first setting, that's the first step. And that's why a lot of um, leadership team they would go out on retreats or they'll go in the mountains when they're getting ready to set their vision for the year. And so the environment is so important. So. Find yourself in, in that environment. And the next thing you're going to start imagining. Well, you're going to imagine up to three years. What would you like your lab to look like in three years? Do not go beyond three years because if you go too far out, say five years, you could probably start coming up with things that may not feel real, realistic. It shouldn't be too close to what you're currently doing, but it shouldn't be too far from what you're doing. So three years, most of the experts um, recommend that three years is a sweet spot. So start imagining three years. What would you like your lab to be like? And it's okay to dream big. you know, start thinking about how would you like your lab to feel? How would you like people to be acting? How would you like, you know, basically the feel of it, you know? What it, would it look like? Uh, how people should be acting? And start thinking in details, right? You're not going to think about the actual how you're going to get there. You're just going to think about at that end point, what would you like it to be? And I probably should be using that word what. What would you like your lab to be like, to feel like, to look like? And how people, you know, what would you like people to be acting like? Your team. And you just start thinking big. So, of course, we're talking about that end, end goal, and you're looking at all different aspects. Like I said, you're thinking about your team. You're thinking about how would you want them to be communicating the culture? How would you want them to be relating to, like, other departments? Um, how would you like your leadership team to be? Your How would you like to have your frontline staff behaving? Um, how would you want your customer service to be, the type of vendors? Just start just thinking, just, you know, imagine, let yourself go, you know, think about the automation, think about the type of LIS, how things would flow, the kind of innovation, you know, the type of um, if your staff would feel empowered to make decisions, just just keep making your – just go, let go in your mind and, you know, think of things that are big, you know, your core values. You know, just what do you see? What do you hear? What are some of the comments that's coming from others, comments from leadership, comments from other departments? So you're coming up and you – one thing I missed was you have a pad with you, and you just just, put, just keep writing it down almost like a mind map. You're just doing brain dump with ideas and just keep writing. Just imagine and write. And you write as much as you can, maybe about two to four pages. And once you're done with that, because you're going to look at every aspect of your lab and just imagine, imagine yourself as a leader, imagine your team, imagine automation, imagine the environment, the culture, and you're going to write write down almost like a mind map. And once you're done, you're going to go back and you're going to rewrite that, all those different Um, ideas, now you're going to write those in sentences. And so you're going to write them out in sentences. You'll probably end up with maybe about three to four pages. And that's the area in which I did not go in detail in my training, and that is your writing. Basically, I put someone through a visualization and their thinking, And then at the end, they are coming up with a more of a goal statement. But in this case, you're writing as much as possible. So you could write up to three to four pages because these are just all these ideas that's coming out of your head. Once you're done that, you rewrite it in sentences. That's when you're going to share that with your – if you are, say, a – lab director, and you have managers, you could get your leadership team together and you share that after you're done rewriting in sentences that make sense. And basically all you're asking your leadership team to do is to identify if there's any gaps, if there's anything missing that they want to fill in. And then you'll just go ahead, rewrite this, Get it into a more polished form in a way that it can be either um, be typed out with graphics and something that you can keep to share with your team and um, at meetings and um, further on. So this basically what I wanted to share is is just the how of putting this together. I'm not going to go into detail of how you're going to distribute it, how you're going to work with your team. I'll probably do that in a different podcast. But I just wanted to talk about the importance of not just thinking, but actually setting a clear vision for your team in a way that is tangible. It's written out. It's in a... It's probably a binded form or electronic form that you're going to share it. It's polished and it's done and it's being shared among your team. And that is so important. And so that, of course, will help your team to make decisions about what will be happening further on. But I think I missed the last part. After you're sharing the draft with your um, management team, you want to rewrite everything in present tense. And I use that same method in my training, that once you're done sharing and you fill that gap, you want to write it down in, a, in the present tense. So as if it's actually not three years coming is actually happening today. So, like, say, for instance, you you could say, instead of saying we will, you could say we are. Like, we are a lab that makes teamwork our priority. Or you could say our team is equipped and empowered, you know, to collaborate equipped and empowered to make decisions that will benefit our patients. So whatever it is that you're visualizing, the final draft is in present tense. And I know many leaders um, would say, well, why is it that it's the, probably the um, VP or the director making that, vision statement or creating that vision on their own? Shouldn't, they, shouldn't this be a collaborative effort? And I'll say no. For any vision, the vision should be set by the leader. So if it's a lab and there's a, you're the director, you should be the one setting the vision. If you're in charge of a smaller section, then you should be the one. And it doesn't have to be one vision for your organization. You have more specific vision for your area, but it's the leader that should be setting that vision. And a vision is different from, I know there's like shared goals or there's um, shared values. Those are things that you come together with your team. But the vision is something that the leader should set for the group. And I think that's kind of a misunderstanding or confusion. Some people would say, well, you know, we're busy. You know, it's always things coming here and coming there. You know, we don't have time because I've seen that even recently where um, there's an opportunity to get a new leader, and the leader wanted to look at what's going on, and set a vision, and you're like, we don't have time. Right now, the first thing we need to address is attendance. And so people get so lost in the weeds that you don't have time to look at the big picture. So don't make that mistake of saying we don't have time, because if you say we don't have time, you live in a situation where you never have time. And it's more like there's Stephen Kobe says, spend some time to sharpen the saw. Even though you're in a hurry and you think you need to chop that tree down, you'll be working so hard because you're in such a hurry and it takes you much longer to get that tree down. If you had stopped and sharpened the saw, it would take you a shorter time. So So many people think we don't have time to do what's important. So that's another mistake that we make when we say we don't have time to do the things that will save us time. Will save us um, uh, challenges with attendance. Will save us burnout. Will save us challenges with staffing. Will save us um, confusion. And so that's one mistake that I hear a lot. So I usually give you one thing that you can do. At the end, and one thing I'm going to ask you to do, you're not a leader, you still can do this, because you can set personal vision. Using the same method, you can set a vision for yourself. So if you're not a role-based leader, you could set a vision and you can look at different areas of your life. You can look at your career, your health, your finance, certain career goals, where would I want to be in three years? What would I want my health to be? You know, you could have a plan for your professional development and use that the same method. And if you're a leader, go ahead and do that hammock piece. Do that mind mapping. Do that, you know, brain dump and write that down as your first step. And so I'm so happy that I was able to share this with you. I know this is very important to set a clear vision. Many times we are too busy, but I think that this is something that we really should do. So go ahead and you know, make that first step, and you'll be surprised. And I'm happy that you stopped by to listen To this episode of Elaborate Topics Podcast. You can listen to other episodes on directimpactbroadcasting.com or any of your favorite podcast, podcast platform. And please share this with friends. Share this as much as possible with other medical lab professionals. Subscribe to this. So you can get alerts when we have a new episode. We have a new episode every Tuesday. So please share this and subscribe. And until we talk again, this is Lona Small. And if you want to send us an email, you can also do that at directimpactbubcasting.com. Have a great one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics, where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.